Remember the passion you felt doing that particular thing you always loved to do when you were a kid? Whether it was to laugh or to love or to explore, to play or create. Those passions weren't just you being a kid. They were gifts of clarity. They're the desires of your heart authentically expressed. Hi, I'm Courtney Cole, and this is the Love Freak Podcast, where we remember who we really are and what we've come to this planet to create. It's here we make a choice, love or fear. It's here we choose to vibrationally realign ourselves with the truth of our essence, love, 528 hertz, the love frequency, which therefore allows us to realign with conscious healing, authenticity, and creativity. Don't freak out. This is your true nature. Hey, this is Kelsey Kulik, and you're listening to the Love Freak Podcast with Courtney Cole, where who you are is all you have to be. Check out my song, Who I Was, available now on all streaming platforms. Hey, all you love freaks, welcome to a new episode of the Love Freak Podcast. I am Courtney Cole, and I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Question for you. When you hear music, do you ever hear it in color? No? Weird question? Well, my friend Veronica Selby, she does. She has a neurological condition called synesthesia that allows her to associate colors with sounds. So anytime she hears music, she sees it in beautiful colors. Can you imagine how beautiful that auditory experience must be? Well, Veronica will show you. She is a painter and she paints pictures of what she hears. And I've been reading... A, a ton of articles lately on this topic of synesthesia and it's a very unique gift that only few people have and Veronica is going to tell us all about that today and her experience with it. Um, she has such a beautiful energy and such a beautiful ability to trust going beyond herself and tapping into something greater and in tune with the divine. So let's tune in. Veronica, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's so good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to talk with you today. We are new friends and it feels like it's very divine. I found you on Instagram because of your incredibly beautiful artwork. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, when we talked on the phone the other day, I was like, I feel like I've met her before. This feels very perfect timing. Yeah. It really does. And you're so talented and you have a very unique way that you um, present your art and, and how it kind of manifests it from you. You are a synesthete. Is that what they call them? Yes. yes. Okay. So I see color shapes and movement when I listen to music. Yeah, that's so wild. That was going to ask you for those who don't know, because I am still pretty new to the topic of synesthesia. Can you go into a little bit more detail about what exactly it is? Yeah, absolutely. So synesthesia basically is um, a neurological condition. Um, it's basically described as like a crossing of the wires in the brain. Um, I don't know the exact science behind it, but I know there's a lot of different forms of it. Um, some people, and I have a little bit of other forms too, um, some people will actually see like letters and numbers as colors, or some people can taste sounds. Some people can um, smell things that they see without actually, you know, seeing it in front of them. So there's a few different 
like forms of it, it kind of is just basically the senses are crossed. So you have multiple experiences with one particular sense, but you have it in multiple senses. So um, for me personally, I have the sound to sight synesthesia. So I can see basically sound and music. And I usually just do that with specific songs. So that's pretty much what my art is. <laughs> that is so wild. And I was, I've been reading a lot of articles on this just after I saw your work and just am kind of privy to what synesthesia is. And I was reading that there's only like two to 4% of the population that have synesthesia. So it's not super common. Yeah. Um, and it almost is kind of like a gift. I'm sorry, what did you say? A lot of people don't even know that they have it. It's just so like, casual to them that they don't even think it's like anything of it that's how I was and that everyone I've talked to who has synesthesia in some regards doesn't even know that they like it's a thing <laughs> they find out when I talk to them about it <laughs> well it's kind of like it's your reality right it's like this is what I've always kind of well I guess did you have synesthesia like did you have those experiences when you were a kid um, yes, but I really wasn't aware of it in that context. I was just like, oh, this must be just a thing that everyone has. You know, you kind of like, I grew up watching Fantasia, which is basically like storyboard of music. Love, Love Fantasia. And um, so I kind of assumed that meant everyone had this kind of visual experience with music. And I think to some degree, you know, you do get that. That's why um, you have music composed for movies and things like that. You have um, visual experiences with music. So um, with my particular thing, it was just all colors and kind of abstract nature of it. So I think to some degree, everyone has a little bit of it. It's more of an associative thing at that point. But um, yeah, I always knew I had it, but I didn't know it was a thing. I just kind of felt that this was what everyone did. That is so trippy. And so has it like developed over time or did you just become more conscious that this is something unique in common? Like it's when did you? The latter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was definitely kind of a thing where I, I feel like whenever I listen to songs now, if I'm going to paint them, I kind of have to like, it's not tap into it. I just kind of have to sit with it for a minute and kind of like really think about what I'm seeing. Um, I describe it as like someone, another synesthetic artist described it as like happening in the place where memories happen. And that's the best way I can describe it. It doesn't happen. Like there's a name for it. If it happens like visually in front of you, like in your eyesight, um, this happens to me sometimes. Like if I hear a horn blaring, I'll see like a streak of red or something kind of just like flash in front of my face really quickly, but it's not like, but most people don't have that visual experience they in front of their eyes they have it more in their in their head if that makes sense yeah that totally makes sense and when did you realize that this wasn't common like did, was there a, a moment for you where you were like oh wait no not everyone's experiencing this oh absolutely I was <laughs> I think I was a sophomore in college and my professor was talking about it one day I went to music school um so we were in, I think I was in a history of music class, like focused on um, like 1700 to present, I think, or maybe it was the before 1700. Anyway, um, uh, my teacher was talking about this composer. I don't remember which one off the top of my head, but she was talking about how this composer had synesthesia and would often kind of incorporate that into the music they were writing and kind of try and make it more of like a visual experience. And so she just kind of offhandedly was talking about it um, and then just asked like, does anyone here have synesthesia? Like could, could be a thing. Um, 
and not really thinking anything of it at first, I kind of just like turned to the guy who was sitting next to me and I was like, I think I do. <laughs> and like, hadn't really said anything to her. I was just like, I, I might have that. That's kind of weird. Do you not, do you not have that experience when you listen to music? And he was like, uh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just weird. <laughs> uh, did you feel weird? Like, was it weird or was it like, wow, this is kind of special or this is a gift? It was definitely weird at first because I didn't know anything about it. So I was like, maybe I should read about this. And then as I came to know more, I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. Okay. But of course I didn't do anything with it at that point. It was just this phenomena that happened to me. Wow. So, okay. So you were studying music. You weren't studying like art design or, or anything like that. You were studying music. So are you, you a singer? Are you an instrumentalist? I'm a singer. I actually studied opera in school. Um, I went to school for classical music, grew up singing musical theater and pretty much anything really, but mostly like jazz standards and musical theater. And then I ended up going to college for classical music. So I was studying that at the time. And it was actually, um, I had to put on a senior recital that it kind of became like the two became married in that sense. Yeah. You had a really cool senior recital. I want to know, you have to, you have to tell everyone about that. It was super cool. So everyone, every senior is required to put on um, a 50 minute recital for whatever their instrument is. And for the vocalists or for pretty much any instrumentalist or instrumentalist or vocalist, you're required to, well, not required, but like you have to put together a program and sometimes you can have a theme with that, whether or not it could be just you as the theme. But for me, I chose to have um, synesthesia as my theme. So I actually put um, paintings on stage with me. I had six paintings all on their own little music stands. So very cute, very on brand. And, um, and afterwards people could go up and kind of look at the paintings as if they were in a gallery. So I, I put them in the order that I was singing the songs in. And then, so everyone could kind of see, and I denoted which one was which too in the program. So everyone had this very visual experience as well as, um, you know, just experiencing me singing it. So it was kind of nice to have almost like friends on stage with me, <laughs> but yeah, um, for sure, really cool experience and everyone was really receptive. So did you paint when you were in college too? Like, have you always been a visual artist in that regard in conjunction with your music? Or was that something that after you had, you know, you found out you had synesthesia that you were like, oh, I'm going to kind of. I'm going to work with this a bit. Yeah. Well, art had always been kind of like a high, a hobby for me. I, um, I never really did painting in that scale though. I had never picked up a paintbrush with oil paint ever in my life up until that moment. I had always like played with like acrylics and, you know, whatever they gave you in school. And I always really enjoyed art. I really wanted to get into watercoloring. Um, you know, I grew up in a very, um, supportive environment. So whenever like hobby you wanted, you could, I could pretty much be encouraged to do. Mm. Um, so it wasn't until my junior year of college that I actually started painting it, which, cause at that time, the context in which I started painting is very, um, odd, but, um, at that time I had actually gotten my tonsils taken out, which I wasn't allowed to sing for 68 weeks, my second semester oh. of year and as that how did you live (laughs) it was so bizarre I and it was like this kind of out-of-body experience like watching my peers all sing around me for class and me kind of sitting on the bench like I couldn't do the opera that year so I was the opera director's assistant um so it was a little disheartening to not be involved in everything and so I I feel like I lost a lot of the joy in yeah I'm sorry in singing and 
so it was a little difficult. And so I kind of turned to painting as like a way to bring that joy back into singing because I had to basically retrain myself. So it was wow. very isn't difficult it, process, but very rewarding and paid off. So I was about to say, isn't it interesting how that stuff kind of happens or it's like, wow, that really sucked at the time, but that was so necessary and needed because now this is like a career for you. This is something that you literally make money doing and you paint these amazing pictures of these famous songs based off of you hearing these colors which is so wild I think it's the coolest thing ever um but I saw one that you recently did of an earth wind and fire song I think it was September yeah it was was gorgeous Uh, but when you hear when you hear a song obviously there's a lot of notes happening all at once but is there is it just like a blob of color or are these paintings that you're you're painting pretty much exactly how you see it in that memory portion of your mind well you know I think and this is coming from a place of a lot of insecurities from not having studied art in like a school setting I think because I studied classical music I you know you have a very regimented way of going about learning classical music you know there's a there's a process to it so having not known how to do the process in art I feel very almost self-conscious about the way I'm like I describe it as like translating um what I'm seeing um so whenever I have a finished piece I always kind of reflect like did I do a good job did I translate well enough to make my point across like what I was experiencing or is it kind of like I don't really hate on the aspects of like my um, like the physical nature of the painting. I don't hate on myself for, um, you know, not having gone to, um, art school. There's never any, um, you know, I'm not mad at myself for the technique I have essentially, but, um, as far as it goes with, um, like what I was experiencing, I think I do experience this kind of like, oh man, maybe that would have come in handy to have that technique. <laughs> so then I would have known how to portray this, but, um, yeah. So it's a very, very weird, weird thing for me, but you know, we get I there. actually think there's a beauty in that. Um, yeah. because when I saw it for me and I, I didn't know you before I saw your work and, and everything. And when I saw your, your paintings, I, it was, they were so unique and different than what I feel like I see elsewhere. And that stood out to me. It drew me like I, I spent an embarrassingly <laughs> a long amount of time looking through your Instagram feed because I was so drawn to the creativity and the beauty in it. And sometimes I feel like when you go to school and you learn some of these things, a lot of that like honest, truthful creativity kind of gets sucked out of you a little bit. Um, I mean, I was in music school and I think that you have to be trained in a lot of those ways too. I think it's really important, but I do think when it comes to artwork, there is a really, really unique uh, beauty that comes in just expressing yourself freely with no uh, limits, I guess. Right. And those programs are kind of music school and art school. I feel like they're almost semi-designed to kind of weed out the people who may or may not be there or should be there or may not have what it takes to continue on, you know, in music school, for example, like I remember like after first semester or freshman year, like you lose like half of your classmates because they kind of sit back and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm not in this as much as other people are. Cause I definitely had that experience. I was like, I need to step my game up if I'm going to be doing this. Wow. (laughs) So I feel like that kind of happens in just 
you know, school in general, um, but definitely with like art and music, because you are kind of the self-driving force behind whatever you're making or doing or whatever image you're trying to put out. It's For very sure. intimidating. <laughs> I get that. But what is it like to hear colors? Like you're hearing colors. Yeah. Well, I think it happens more in the reverse for me. It's just the, like, so it's more like the seeing the sound versus like the hearing the colors. I wish I could hear colors. Um, That would be like hear like a certain, if I saw green, I wish I could like hear. I think that in that sense, it's more associative. Like if I looked at the color green, I associate the things that are green to me, like a tree, a plant, whatever. But with, um, with seeing the sounds, I think, you know, I'll hear like a solo, like trumpet, like Blair. We used to have this guy on the Belmont campus who would practice his trumpet every day outside. Great branding, because everyone knew him as the the trumpet guy on campus. <laughs> so he got hired for gig after gig after gig. Um, the nicest guys can be too. But, um, you know, I would hear that trumpet and I would kind of experience it with him almost. I feel like I would hear and see... Uh, at the same time, like I'd be on my way to class and I could see the trumpet happening like in the corner of my mind. <laughs> it was just like this little like almost like butterfly flittering around um, just like little colors of like purple or gold or whatever. And um, very distracting, but very cool, very cool experience. So in that sense, I think and a lot of that was before I knew I had synesthesia, too. So it was more like, OK, just don't think about it. Don't think about what you're experiencing um, and just like go about your day. You know, you kind of tune into it almost like it's a radio station that you kind of need to get onto the right channel and pay more attention to. So in that sense, it has, you have to put in the background if you're trying to get things done. Like I could never listen to music while I was doing my homework for that reason. I thought it was- Your brain was too clouded. Yeah, it was happening. It was like sensory overload. So um, yeah, in that sense, it's a little distracting, but very rewarding when you tap into it finally. So- but yeah, music school was definitely interesting in that sense too. You're sitting sitting down looking at a score and you're studying it with your peers and you're kind of a little more distracted by the other visual thing that's happening, not just the sheet music in front of you. So. That would be so hard. I, I feel like I get that way with music if I'm, if I have, I already have a lot of thoughts and stuff going on in my head and my head gets super crowded with, with lyrics or with melodies. Like I think in melodies a lot of times. And so um, if I'm in the car or in a loud place with music going on, I feel like I get overwhelmed with that yeah. sensory overload too. So I wonder, is it kind of that same experience for you? Oh, absolutely. And it doesn't help having studied music that like, I also analyze the music itself too. So it's just another whole layer. It's like, there's so many different ways to look at music now. Um, it's almost like the 4D is opened wow. <laughs> in a weird way. Um, but yeah, so it feels very like visceral. And this is like, what is really music to me? Is it is it this visual experience or is it more like what's in front of me and in, in on the page? What is the like what is the second soprano supposed to do in this one part? And but I don't really see it as that. It's more visually like how I perceive it in the 40 sense, I guess. <laughs> So it does make the auditory experience probably a lot more fulfilling in a lot of ways. Yes, definitely. Definitely more fulfilling. Concerts have never been the same <laughs> since I realized. <laughs> oh my God. I bet that's epic. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I oh, can't wait to go back to one, but uh, yeah, exactly. One day. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, yeah. 
have. But um, yeah, it's definitely a really, really cool experience. Um, I think that there's always, um, like I said before, it's kind of in the, the place where memories happen. So you do kind of have to like, kind of take a step back mentally and just kind of feel it too. Um, and a lot of it can be very similar. I think guitar tones are very similar. They always have this kind of like uh, very raw, rough edge to them. Um, I have this friend, we always compare notes. He has synesthesia as well. And we always sit down with the same piece of music and we kind of just listen to it and then talk about it afterwards. And he has a lot, a little bit more of like a 3D, like almost taste or touch experience with it too. Um, he was describing this vocalist recently to me as like having this like, amethyst quality to it like it was just like he could feel the edges of this guy's voice as like um he's like yeah I can feel like the sharpness of it and like how um it's almost like amethyst like crystallized and I was like I'm having a very different experience but that's really cool that you're having that and I because I'm I'm very like two-dimensional in that sense I can't really feel the I get it but I don't really feel it so pretty cool that is wild I like Wow. So if you were hearing, so for you in particular, mm -hmm. like is, is, are the colors consistent with particular notes? So like if you, if somebody played like an A on the piano, is that always pink or blue? A on the piano is always blue, always blue. I think it's weird. Cause it used to be, it, that did not used to be the case. It used to be more of like a very specific purple, but I think this is something that I really need to look into more for myself. But I think as my, as I grow and as my perception of things change and as like my emotional state changes, I think my perception of things changes. Um, like I did Taylor Swift, a couple paintings of Taylor Swift um, not too long ago. And I did one of hers that was more recent. And I did one of hers from years ago. And in um, the more recent one, I did Lover and it was a very, pink experience her voice was like bubblegum to me it was so like creamy and just like wow this is this is like barbie pink amazing wow and when i painted her um doing sparks fly it was this is cinderella blue as if i've i've never seen anything like it it was this is cinderella blue and so it was weird to have those like back-to-back -back experiences because like obviously she's the same she's a person she's done her own growing as well um so but what what about my experience painting that like what changed from point a to point b was it was it the frequency was it the producer was it her actual voice or was it just me that changed so um it's a wow. very weird weird experience like so the letter a for me is red but the note a is blue and like whether or not that's at a specific um, like point on the keyboard, that'll be different too. So it's a very weird kind of ever changing almost. And that may be just something that's linked to just, you know, my personal, whatever's going on with me, mental state, I guess. <laughs> well, and I mean, could that be, have you ever noticed anything? Like if you are going through a time of like, maybe you're experiencing trauma or you're having to deal with trauma, like, do you feel like those colors change for you when you maybe are more clogged in that channel? Yes. Oh, totally. Well, cause I've been doing a lot of commissions this year. Um, and I feel like whenever I'm not like super inspired, sometimes it's really hard to perceive what, you know, I'm seeing. It's very like, it's almost like my body <laughs> knows that I don't want to do it. So it's like, well, 
you're not going to get it today. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, but yeah, I think it does stifle it a little bit. It's very, it's, it could be just like, it's harder for me to self-examine also. Like it's very hard mm. to kind of like take stock of what's happening. Um, it might be like a sense of sensory overload as well, but um, definitely like the way I've done um, Can't Help Falling in Love, um, the Elvis song. I've painted that three times as commission right. over the years. It's usually the same. Um, but the last time I did it, it was a little different. And I think it was maybe more the texture that changed of it, less so the actual like colors. Like it was still very like red and blue and very purpley, very dreamy. Like you're in the middle of an ocean at sunset kind of feeling to it. Um, but the last time I did it, it felt a little choppier and I didn't know why that was. And I was like, well, maybe it's because it's the third time I painted this and I'm feeling a little burnt out from it. So I made a mental note to not paint that for a while, not paint it again. Um, and yeah, so I think there's definitely, and I would love to do more of this, like in 10 years, I would love to see what painting Bon Iver looks like versus when I painted it when I was 22. Yes. So who knows when I'm 32, I'll probably paint the same one again, but yeah. Because it's maybe that channel just keeps opening up and you keep growing and you're expanding and, and growing more into it. So it's definitely. just, there's more available to you. Yeah. And I totally think that everyone who has synesthesia has a different experience with it. I don't think everyone has it like I do, which, you know, I never want to be like seen as the authority on what a song looks like. I always kind of give that disclaimer to people who want a painting from me, like, just because I see it this way doesn't mean other synesthetic artists are going to feel the same way or right. feel like it looks this way. Like my friend and I, who I usually compare notes with, he, you know, I have arguments over whether or not it should look that way. So it's a very interesting world that I don't think enough people have tapped into probably because they don't even know they have it. It's so true. It's re really like these different realities, um, these yeah. inner realities that people are experiencing. It's really cool. As you know, Veronica, this podcast is called the love freak podcast, and it's inspired by 528 Hertz, which is known as the love frequency. And so technically you're seeing, you know, frequency in in color in Absolutely. a lot of ways, which I think is crazy cool. So like if I sounded the love frequency, would you see a color with that? I think so. And I think there is some level of association with it though. Um, like I've done, I think I've thought about like other Hertz before when I'm like meditating. And I think like the cover of the album that the Hertz is on sometimes has like a factor of it. <laughs> like it'll be like this like meditative, like green, very Zen. And so I'm listening to the, the actual like Hertz and I'm kind of like, there's some green coming in. I don't know if that's, if that's because I saw it on the album cover, if that's actually it, or if it's because the person who picked the color of it also felt that it should be green, you know, that there's so many layers to it. There so, is. um, but yeah, I think usually there's a pretty solid color for each Hertz. Like the okay. love always ends up being, oh, sorry, you're going to do it. Okay. <laughs> well, I have the tuning fork, so I was going to play it and see if you saw anything. Okay. okay. No pressure here though. Okay. okay. All right. Here we go. Ready? It feels very yellowy to me, very like bright light, like orangey kind of like, but also with like, like pink crystals kind of like shooting like from the sides. I don't know if that makes sense. Like if you imagine um, like a strip of yellow with 
like orange and pink kind of like diamonds going in on either side it kind of I see the vibration of it like no way yeah you might have to show a clip of me doing that but, to make oh, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> right. very um you can feel it the the sense like the actual vibrating aspect of it and I think that translates into what I'm seeing too when I when I hear it. Wow. That is so fascinating to me. I don't, I, I don't, it gives you like, you hear the note and you hear the vibrating in the notes too. Like if you sit on a, at a piano with the top open and you play the note, you, you hear the string vibrate in the back, but like with the Hertz, it's almost a little more, there's a little more activity behind it. You hear like the, the other tones happening too. So that those are the pinks that you see or those other tones, yeah, like the, the yellow that you see yeah. is the, the kind of main tone the that you hear. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Cause I think about, you know, like chakra, like the chakra system, the seven chakras and, you know, like the root chakra is like red and then the sacral chakra is like kind of like a dark orange. And then the solar plex is kind of like that, like orangey yellow in a yeah, way. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's kind of associated with more like strength and, and your, your like true personality and your power and, and, and stuff like that. And I think that's interesting because what you see and kind of what the foundation of this podcast is, is about kind of claiming your power and, and claiming mm-hmm. who you naturally are and truly are in your personality. Um, so I think that's kind of where your uh, determination of, of being who you are and, and where you can rest in your uh in your piece of being who you are. I don't know. I think that's a, an interesting <laughs> color that you see with that. Um, I want to talk about to like some of the spiritual aspects of this more, but I have a couple more questions. I'm so intrigued by this. Um, but you know, everything around us is kind of vibrating at a particular frequency. You know, that's kind of the quantum physics mm-hmm. way. Right. Um, and whether we can hear the actual tones or not, everything is vibrating and everything when something vibrates it does produce that that sound wave whether we can hear that tone or not whether it's audible to the human you know ear or not um but do you think like is it kind of for you like can you hear or do you it's it's hard for me to to uh ask this question because you wait you hear color you see uh, but do you only see colors that are audible tones to the the human ear or can you like can you see frequency above and below the that would be like an aura reading though that would be really cool um I do have a friend who can see aura colors and um you know we talked one day because um people's voices have colors to me too and oh talked about um like whether or not that's uh, like the same thing and I you know we didn't have a ton of like um, crossover. Like there were times where I'd say this person has a very pink voice and she'd go, well, their aura is like, to me is yellow. And I was like, okay, well, there's no definitive way of knowing whether or not, you know, I'm right and she's right or whoever's right. So we kind of just were like, okay, we'll just chalk that up to, you know, our personal opinions. And I think that that also is the same for like other people of synesthesia too. Um, like my other friend, like I said, we compare, we also compared people's voices. We were going around with our coworkers one day saying, you have a coffee brown voice. No, they have a forest green voice. So um, <laughs> it's a very like, like yes and no, I think is going to be my answer for that one. <laughs> I want to be friends with all the synesthetes and just hear the conversations. Like you're arguing over how we see this person's voice. Oh I gosh. love it. 
Oh my gosh, it's so weird. It's so it's bizarre. I don't even what know. What color is my voice? Your voice, funny enough, because you're wearing yellow. When we were on the phone the other day talking about this, I kept thinking, wow, her voice is like sunflowers. It's so like bright and just, but it's like a muted yellow. It's not like a bright off the, you know, uh, you're like looking at the sun yellow. It's like a very nice, like warm edge to it. Kind of like the Hertz. Maybe that's- I was about to say, is the is the love frequency in my voice the same? Maybe. Maybe you've just been listening to the Hertz so often. You're kind of adopting the frequency from it. Is that? I am totally about that. I, I have spent a lot of time, um, meditating to like that pure tone of that, that frequency. And I just, I talk about it all the time. So why not? Maybe that's so fun. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of women's voices too, usually end up being like, um, these bright, brighter colors, yellow, pinks, um, blues. I don't often see green. I don't know what that's about. It's if I'm going to see green, it's usually a darker green. Uh-huh. Um, men's voices are usually like, like warm, darker tones. Um, so like browns, um, darker greens, darker blues, things like that. Just something I've noticed. I don't have like, if I went through a list of like the whole binary scale of people, I'm sure that there's probably some more, um, there's more of a science to it. There's more of a definitive rainbow, but right now I've been very limited in my experiences of people. So it's just women have been pink, men have been blue, which is a very (laughs) unfortunate, (laughs) obviously there's more than just stereotypical. (laughs) I know it sucks. I'm like, man, is that just, but is that like my own, like personal, um, is that how I was trained growing up because the balloon was pink when she was having a baby girl or I don't know. So it goes, I feel like it goes deeper almost sometimes than just like what I'm experiencing when I'm looking at, I don't know. There's so much behind it that I don't understand truthfully. Well, it's, it's fun speaking with you as you're like figuring it out. And I'm curious to get back on the spirituality train. Like, has it deepened anything spiritually for you? Has it opened your eyes to any, you know, uh, realizations, insights? Absolutely. Um, so I went to Catholic school for 13 years. Um, and I, I mean, I had great schooling. I didn't hate Catholic school. I loved the people I went to school with. I loved the teachers I had, they were all great, but I struggled a little bit with my spirituality in college because I went to a Christian college and, um, you know, they, you know, everyone has a different religion, different faith. So it was nice to have like, you know, your original viewpoints challenged. I think that's important. Um, so I was struggling a bit with my spirituality in that sense, but you know, I had my freshman year teacher in understanding the Bible class, um, a very important class at Belmont. Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, you probably took it too. Yeah, Um, I did. (laughs) Um, she, I, in all my years of 13 years of Catholic school, no one had put it more clearly than she had in that moment. She said, you know, when we're talking about God being um, the creator of the universe and he made us in his image, he mean like, we mean that he created us to be creators as well. We don't mean that like, we look just like him. That'd be, that's silly. This is a, he is an entity beyond us. Why would he look like us? Um, and uh, so ever since then, it kind of like, boom, I was like, this is, what is my reality? I don't understand. So, but it just made so much sense to me. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. I mean, I knew like, obviously in Genesis that, um, 
everyone's interpretation of the Bible is different. But, you know, in my school, they were really great about being like, you know, Genesis is like these stories yes. didn't actually happen, you know, which sure. is here from a Catholic school because you're like, oh, should you be saying this? Right. <laughs> But uh, anyway, um, so since then, I, I have kind of had this um, like just pure desire to create in any sense, like whether it's figuring out what my room looks like or figuring out what, um, you know, a party will look like or an aesthetic of something. It's just been very fun to create in every sense. So when I got into painting, um, I was also at a point in my life where, like I said earlier, I wasn't really enjoying music. And I was struggling at that also at the time, um, my dad had just been diagnosed with cancer. And so so I had, (laughs) yeah, it was a rough, rough year. Um, But I was, so I was dealing with the diagnosis and also my tonsils being taken out at the same time. So I was in this like crisis mode. Like, am I supposed to be singing? What am I supposed to be doing? Am I, what am I here for? Um, Did I waste a few years of my life? And so when I was painting, I really felt this just, this is what I should be doing. Not even like in a grand scale, like I need to be the next great painter. It was just more, this is what's going to ground me. This is what's going to make me feel good. This is my connection with music. This is my connection with people. This is my connection with the world around me. And so it just became like, I am creating like in the image of, and like my definition of God has changed over the years, but to me, it's just, this is a creative force in the world that you know made us all whether or not that whatever that is that you believe in we're all under this creative force to make things i think we all feel this desire whether that's to just make a piece of art or you know make a life make a kid there's so many ways you can create so um i think when i was painting it was this huge like release just this huge spiritual release like i don't have to think about it all the time i can just this is me experiencing like the world itself is doing this in this moment wow and there's such a beautiful like co-creating thing that's happening as you're talking about this i'm listening to what you're saying i'm like wow like you have this connection with divine inspiration this open channel um and i'm sure the more that you cultivate that uh relationship that that will just open up more and more for you but it's literally like this this divine energy being dropped into you where you see these beautiful colors and then you're painting them you know it's like what a cool thing for you a cool channel to have just completely open gifting you with this experience for you to create and manifest these beautiful paintings and and create in this experience I'm insanely lucky because I don't, you know, I think in this era of, you know, you have to hustle, you have to have a side gig or whatever. You always have to have like eight jobs. You can't just have (laughs) no hobby can just be a hobby. Um, And because this is what that was, what it was kind of born out of was this is going to be the thing that kind of carries my senior recital and is just fun to do on the side. And now here I am, you know, making a career out of it, which is pretty crazy, but it's also very you know, you have to find the balance of it. And the way that I lost the joy in music, I have now since gained back that joy, but I still have a very complicated relationship with music. And um, I try to balance art the same way, because if I didn't, then I would have to turn to some other hobby. And, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's, um, 
I got really into plants for a while. Yes. So maybe I'll get back into plants. Who knows? But I, I just know that this is a very precious thing and I can't take it for granted. And I have to really be careful with myself because I'm someone who, you know, I still have a lot of insecurities. I try to not be. So, um, you know, as we all do. Oh, <laughs> but, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, so I try to process. Yeah. I try not to think about what others think of me and just try and stay in my own lane, but that's really hard to do in this, this era. So, um, and that there's beauty in sharing it too. There's beauty in like posting a picture of what you made and people finding like the fascination and the joy in it. I love that. Totally. I love when people say to me, like, I totally see that too. Like that makes so much sense to me. Like I painted love on top by Beyonce and I had a friend yeah. Like, oh my God, I understand it. I understand the synesthesia. Like it took all of my paintings <laughs> for that one. She finally got wow. it. So um, wow. Definitely yeah. very like a very all-powerful, like connecting tool for everyone in a weird way. For sure. Music does that in general. And then on top of what you're doing, I don't know. It's just it just yeah. takes it to a whole new level. But it does feel like you're getting this this you're experiencing this incredible gift and this glimpse almost into like the true spirituality of, of all things. I don't know. I just, yeah, it just very humbly, like, of course, I don't ever feel like I am the blessed one. I've been, no, but you know what I, I mean? know, but it does feel like a, a, a very, very unique gift. Like I've in some of these other articles that I was uh, reading on this um, I've been reading so many, um, <laughs> a lot a lot of these synesthetic experiences are associated with near-death experiences and people are saying that they have they have these moments um in these near-death experience where they feel like no space no time and all these things and senses are kind of happening simultaneously and in one of these articles it was written by this girl named maureen seberg and and her she did an interview with this doctor i think his name is dr eben alexander and he wrote this book called proof of heaven a neurosurgeon's journey into the afterlife mm -hmm. and he had a near-death experience and was in a coma for a while and he had this quote about the afterlife and it was like seeing and hearing were not separate in this place where I now was. And mm -hmm. there's a couple of other synesthetic experiences that he had within this one particular near death experience. But his conclusion um, was that synesthesia and, and the divine are essentially related. And he told Maureen, he has a quote and I have to read it. I'm pulling it up right now because it's <laughs> yes. so cool. Um, he said, I think synesthesia is closer to the true knowing that is part of our true existence at the core, the eternal part of our existence. And for whatever reason, my hunch is that synesthesia, the whole phenomenon, the more that we can learn about it and the more that we can learn about any brain action that is associated with that phenomenon of synesthesia, it will help us to understand more about that fundamental reality of our soul and the spirit that exists eternally. Wow. I just got mega chills. That's insane. I never... You need to read that book. Yes, I do. I'm falling behind. <laughs> I need to read more about this precious gift. Um, wow. That's really amazing. I, I think I've always kind of felt like there's definitely some like magical aspect to it, but I guess I never really thought about it in that sense um, of that it is, you know, 
something that is experienced beyond this world. I'm someone who's grown to believe that, you know, as someone who has lost, you know, many people, you do feel their presence with you. Mm -hmm. And so I've always believed like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really afraid of death. I've always kind of been like, not in like a, I'm not afraid of death. I can do that. I get that. I've always viewed it as like this, like, you're just going to the other side. You're in this like different realm of everything, everything and nothing at the same time. And it's like this beautiful transition. It's, you know, something to not like look forward to, but not something to be afraid of. It's this beautiful part of, you know, us being in spring and, you know, you feel the rebirth of the world and this that feels just in time with the cycle. And I think that synesthesia is definitely, I don't know, that makes so much sense that you were just kind of peering. It's almost like you get to like, like you get to crack open the door and get a sneak peek of what's on the other side a little bit. Leave this earth for a, a bit and, or just live in between. Like the, yeah. the most, the thing that I can um, kind of correlate it to the most is and I don't know, I'm not a synesthete. I love that word, by the way. Um, but I know it's fun, right? Um, but I had a dream and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but just a brief synopsis of the dream um, was that I was flying backwards through space and I kept going, 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 going. I literally, I don't take drugs. Like I'm, this is all just pure Courtney Cole brain here. So <laughs> I'm flying backwards through outer space and I'm watching the earth get smaller and smaller and smaller. And finally I can't see it anymore. It kind of becomes a star, you know, just a little beam of light. And I'm just going, wow, like this is really cool up here. And I'm looking around and I'm feeling everything and just like, wow. And all of a sudden, like I was looking to see my hands and I couldn't see my hands. I couldn't see my feet dangling. I couldn't see anything. And I realized in that moment that I just was everything. And when I realized that I felt in my heart space, I felt literally every ounce of love you could ever feel compassion, peace, grounding. It was this over, it almost felt like a love bomb went off in my chest. It I've never felt anything like it before. I've gone to therapy trying to get back to that feeling because I didn't want to wake up. I wanted to stay there. Um, And like, I literally woke up crying because I didn't want to, I wanted to go back to that. I wanted to be that. I wanted to be in that forever. I've done meditations trying to get back to that. And I've felt like little glimpses of it, but I've never been able to embody that ever again. But I felt like I, when I spoke to a therapist about it, he was a spiritual guy too. And he's like, I think that you just got a very unique gift of what's what we all are. Um, and and kind of you were in between for a second. And the funny thing about that is, is I talked to a guy like six months later, um, and his mother-in-law had died, had a near death experience. She came back to life, but she had a heart attack, died on the table. And her experience was that she was flying backwards through space and felt hers was a little bit different, but she felt like she was everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, did I die? Like, did I die in my sleep for a second and come back to life? I don't know. Like astral projecting, man. You were like, I don't know. You were like lucid dreaming or something. That's so crazy. 
but it felt like that connection. And so I think it's interesting for you to even be able to look at that and say, wow, this is kind of like a unique gift, a, a very unique connection to something that is not of this world. And, you know, kind of, uh, there was another quote I read, I think, uh, someone said, who was it? Some uh, doctor, a consciousness researcher, I think, uh, at a consciousness center in, in Tucson said that synesthesia is a deeper form of regular consciousness, that synesthetes have a lower threshold to, to quantum consciousness. Oh, wow. And, and I kind of think that quantum consciousness is that ultimate, ultimate reality. So just kind of a deeper connection to that collective oneness. Absolutely. In a sense. Yeah. So. It can be really hard for me to kind of view it as this, like, crazy spiritual experience I think because I grew up thinking it was just a thing that everyone had and like I said before I think everyone has it like a little bit I think everyone kind of associates like you know when you grow up you have like um when you're learning the alphabet you know they they have those like memory triggers for you is like a is red and I think that's why a is red for me because they always had a being the red like letter in the front of the book and then b is usually blue c is yellow and i don't i don't know if this is like a universal thing but that's how i view it and most synesthetic people view it that way and i think everyone has like a taste of it and it's like kind of like an associative thing um but i I don't know it just feels like this kind of like divine connector almost in a way so I don't know, but I feel like able to connect and cultivate it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. I think most people experience it in some way or another, whether that's like, um, you know, that smell being like the strongest, like memory trigger. I think that's, that can be like, you know, you smell cinnamon and you are automatically taken back to your grandma's kitchen where she's making apple pie. And I think, right. that that, I think that's a huge form of it. Cause then you feel like you don't, you don't just like smell the cinnamon and you don't just experience like the memory there's some moment where you like remember what it feels like to like hug your grandma and you remember what it's like to be a kid and be learning something and you just you have this very 3d experience just because of the smell so I think everyone has it to some degree it's just like whether or not you have like more wires that are crossed I guess (laughs) right right you said something earlier and you said it that it was, you kind of used it with your intuition, like it kind of correlated mm-hmm. with your intuition in a bit. And I was curious, cause this is kind of like a total inner reality thing, right? Like no one can tell you that you're right or wrong for seeing what you see. You just mm-hmm. see it like this is your reality. So how have you learned to trust this gift and, and this inner reality to know like, okay, this is really what I'm seeing. This is what I'm painting. Like, how have you learned to just accept it trust it and go with it well it was definitely a really long process to get there um and it kind of you know I always felt like it was fine whatever I was experiencing and like there wasn't any problem with it and then someone posted one of my paintings on reddit and it got a little traction and um someone commented like she doesn't have synesthesia she's just making it up and I was like ouch that's wow (laughs) so me how do you know Okay. Yeah, exactly. How would you know? And then I was, and then, you know, um, and a similar thing happened with TikTok not too long ago. And I was just like, wait, 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 wait. And my boyfriend kind of talked me down. He was like, he's, he's like, you know, people are trolls. Like they're going to, they're going to do that. You have to, you, you got to get a thicker skin. If you're going to put yourself online. Um, but then it you know, you kind of remember like, 
this is this is my world. It's okay. And so I think meditating has definitely been a huge, huge part of that. Like I've never been more secure than a week after I've meditated like seven days straight. Mm. That's there's nothing like that. <laughs> you feel yeah. so grounded. So I think it's totally just being okay with being rooted in that knowledge that I'm okay. I'm grounded. Everything's okay. Um, we, you know, when you're your outer world is a little chaotic. It's best to just bring it in. So that's oh. how I carry myself a little bit. Absolutely. I think that we have to understand in a lot of ways that what we see in front of us in this outer experience isn't the only reality. Yes. In connection in, in our inner reality that I think is far more important and, and knowledgeable than kind of what we're offered in what we think is this one true reality or whatever, you know, our, our inner reality is, is kind of what's creating this outer experience. And if our inner reality is chaotic and weighed down with fears and insecurities and pain and trauma and false beliefs or blah, 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 you know, it gets reflected kind of in this outer world. Like we filter everything through the lens of that and, and kind of how we see this world. So I think that connectivity and being able to center yourself and ground yourself in that gift is going to only help it flourish and, and open up. Oh, absolutely. Um, So I usually kind of wrap up the, the interviews. I always ask, you know, what is something that you kind of want the world to know? If you could teach the world one thing or tell the world one thing, um, what, what would that be? Oh my gosh. That's such a heavy question. That Um, is a heavy question. (laughs) No pressure. I think there is some level of like, it's okay to be afraid of what is beyond, but it's not a good use of your time. <laughs> I think it's um, good to always be aware of it and take that with you day to day. And, but just, you can't be afraid of it because there's, you know, you could, you could die tomorrow and that's absolutely terrifying. You know, how would you go? But, you know, there's so much beauty in what's beyond that. It's, you know, it's okay to do whatever you want to do. Like you can literally do anything I mean uh, with it within reason <laughs> you don't want to like you know walk down the street naked you will, you will go but uh, maybe I will but yeah but maybe you will I don't I don't know it's your life live it and so I think just you can do anything and you shouldn't be afraid of um you know what what is beyond I guess um I think so and and that's what you do I mean you trust what's beyond and you use it to create and and you've learned to not be afraid of it. And yeah, so absolutely. Um, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I think there's a reason why so many people, when they commission songs, they commission songs that mean something to them. You know, they want a glimpse of, of what it is to experience that song in its fullness, you know, because that song fills them in a way. Mm-hmm. And so I think in a way we're all kind of looking for, I mean, what is religion? It's just, you know, the, um, the comfort for what is beyond, you know, you want to believe that there's going to be this man at the pearly gates telling you, you did a good job, get in there. There's a party going on. But I think that everyone just wants, you know, to know that they're going to be safe in what comes next. So I think that there is this huge grace and being able to see a piece of art that brings you there for just a moment, you know? So, and I don't want to say like, oh, my art is the, this is the door. Here's the door. You can look at it. My art is you know just one of many you can experience that with any type of art any type of music but i just think that you know if you have something that you feel 
really good about. Like, there's nothing makes you feel better than like uh, my girl, <laughs> that song. Nothing makes you feel better than that song. Just takes those three notes at the beginning. Um, and so I think when people want to see it in the way that I see it, they just want more. They want more of that feeling. They want to, it. Kind of goes back to what you, the quote you said. You know, this is a, this is a, a very ethereal experience. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Love Freak Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. You can also follow me on Instagram at the Love Freak underscore. Don't forget that's F-R-E-Q. Or to find out more information, you can go to www.thelovefreak.me. Look for a new episode every Tuesday.